back, baby. <laughs> Feels good. So two weeks ago, I was in West Branch ministering and then made it back here just in time to go to the airport. We flew to Melbourne, Florida and did some filming for the new series coming up or the new season, the new day stuff we're talking about this year. And then flew to St. Louis and drove to Springfield and then back to St. Louis and got to fly home. I told my wife, I'm not really feeling great, but I'm feeling okay. But I, I want to test before I, you know, I snuggle up with you. And uh, I tested negative. How many of you guys know with an academic career like mine, failing a test is not a problem. I was very comfortable with that. It didn't bother me at all. And a couple days later, I thought, you know, I still kind of feel a, a what's the old, and a, and a, a, right? So I took a second test and I passed that one. But now I, I've been through COVID. And I'm like walking around licking garbage cans and, and like petting stray dogs. It's wonderful. So I'm just really glad to be back. That's good. So um, good morning, uh, Napa and Boise, Meridian, the Treasure Valley. We are continuing a series that we're teaching with Pastor Adam Cook. How many of you guys appreciate Pastor Adam Cook's ministry? And uh, he did a great job. We loved it. Pastor Adam and Brooke. And, and we just greet all of you guys there. And can we do this together? Let's greet our Napa brothers and sisters right now. Come on. We're glad you're with us. And it's good to be a part of you, and it's, we're glad that you're a part of us. I also want to, again, greet uh, Pastor Jim and the Grand Blanc Campus. And this is not official yet, but there's a rumor that we're also getting a second home campus, and it will not be in the state of Michigan. We're, we're looking at right now and in talks with, and the decisions will be made one way or the other, but it looks like there might be a Freedom Center, Mississippi. Isn't that cool? And I told him if that happens, I'm going to call you a Yankee right to your face. That's how it works. So open your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Napa, open your Bibles. I'm watching you from here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. We're going to be talking about another question that Jesus asked people. Not, not because he was trying to trip them up or because there's going to be a quiz later, but, but when we answer the questions that Jesus asks us, we discover who we are. And as Pastor Adam has just beautifully reminded us many times, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Behavior comes out of identity. You don't get to be who you are because you did the thing. You do the thing because of who you are. And so when we realize that we're sons, that we're heirs, that we have royalty in our blood, that we are loved, that we're redeemed, we begin to behave in such a way rather than try not to sin, try not to sin, try not to sin. We, we don't do that anymore. We say, well, what, is, what is it that God has for me today and how can I express his righteousness in this world? One of the great things that I've learned through the years, I learned from a guy by the name of Jeff Swaim. And he, just in casual conversation, he lays this truth bomb on me. And he says this, the presentation of the gospel is best when preceded by the demonstration of the gospel. Isn't that great? And there's this rhythm. If you read Scripture, and we're going to get to Matthew chapter 9 in a moment, but you'll see it. There's this, there's this rhythm where Jesus does the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. You have heard that it was said, you know, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, you know, love everybody and, you know, even your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. We, we see the teaching, blessed are those, you know, the Beatitudes. We see the teachings on forgiveness and the Lord's Prayer is in there, all the teachings on prayer. I mean, it's, it's an amazing section. But how many guys know that after the, after the presentation of the gospel, what should we expect next? The demonstration. And so this is what happens now. Chapter 8. He runs into a guy with leprosy, and the guy says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And what does Jesus say? He says, I am willing. He learned that about him. Like, I, I know you enough to know that if you're willing to do it, I, I'm not worried about your capabilities. I'm not worried about your intellect. I'm not worried about the prophetic fulfillments. I'm, all I know is this. I know that if you say, do it, it's done. So if you're willing, that's all that's left now is for you to be 
willing. The centurion comes to him and says, I've got a servant. He's suffering greatly. You know, demonstration, presentation, presentation, demonstration. I, I got the, he's suffering. He goes, I, you know, he goes, well, I'll, I'll come with you and we'll go heal. He goes, no, no, I, you don't understand. I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew, but I get this. Like, I'm, I have authority. I'm a centurion. That means a hundred somethings are under me. The cent in the centurion is like a hundred people, a hundred legions, a hundred whatever it is. So I'm, they have people under me. And I know, and if I tell this one to go because of my authority, he goes. And I say, this one come and he comes. So just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus goes, wow, I haven't found anything called faith this great even in Israel. And at that hour, he's healed. The disciples get into a boat. They're going across the lake. A big storm blows up. They run to Jesus and say, you know what the problem is here? You're sleeping and we're dying and it seems unfair. You, here's our conclusion. You don't care about us. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little brains. Is that what he says? Oh, ye of little indoctrination. Is that what he says? No. He says, oh, ye of little faith. See, the, he keeps coming back to this. You've got to believe so I'm going I'm to present something believable, and I'm going to demonstrate something powerful. And when the time comes, I want you to look at me and say, what I need, you are the one who can give. The questions I have, you're the answer. The, the power I need is in you. Like, I, I trust you. How many of you know Jesus is always working the world towards a trusting relationship with him? So here comes the issues, back and forth, back and forth. A dead girl. The father comes, you know, please, my daughter's dead. Oh, well, she, she actually died. Oh, you know. Don't worry, man. Jesus says, don't worry. Just what? Believe. And as he's going, a woman reaches out and touches the hem of his garden, garment because she believes that if she can touch the hem of his garment, she'll be healed. How many of you guys know that belief has a lot to do with what we become? I mean, you are your problems, but you're becoming what you're believing. And so Jesus is looking at a world full of problems, and he's saying, you're becoming what you're believing. Do you believe your problems are greater? Do you believe the politics are greater? Do you believe the kings? Do you believe the persecutors, the gladiators, the Romans, the Greeks? Who do you believe is greater than me? Because you are becoming what you're believing, whether it's a slave or an heir. And so here we go, right? So in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, we continue this. It says, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. Now, blindness, just so you know, it was considered a, a, a curse, in other words, when somebody's born blind, they went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He must have not eaten his vegetables. Or if he did, maybe his daddy didn't eat his vegetables. Somebody's being punished for something. If one guy is born with eyesight and one guy is born blind, you know, in the absence of medical and scientific, you know, intuition and, and input, then the primitive man would say, well, that, every bad thing must be because God's cursing you. Does that make sense? If you don't understand tectonic plates and, and earthquakes happen occasionally, you go, every earthquake was a judgment from God. Why? Because people can't do that. It's bigger than them, so it must be God that's upset. Does this make sense to you? Are you getting this? If you're with me, say amen. And if you're not, say amen. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So, matter of fact, in John chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, they come across a blind guy, and the disciples go, Jesus, come here for a second. See this guy that can't see us? I mean, he can hear us, but he can't see us. So, here's the deal. Like, like who sinned? Him or his, his daddy or, or who? And Jesus goes, no, no. It, this blindness is not a result of sin. How many of you guys know that sometimes stuff happens? How many of you guys are glad that Jesus is the solution to our stuff? So it, it, it's thought of this. So here we've got two blind guys. And this is really interesting to me. Is I, I've had three weeks to think about this. So you're in big trouble. We have rabbit trails aplenty. Napa, I'm so sorry. People say I suffer from ADD. I don't. I actually enjoy ADD. People around me suffer from it. But I, I think it's wonderful. And... And I was thinking about this the other day, like, what is it that, that why would two blind guys, what, wouldn't it be better if, like, a blind guy and a deaf guy got together? So between the two of them, they could hear and see. 
You're laughing, but doesn't this make sense? Like two blind guys, again, we both have the same deficiencies. Well, let's hang out. Let's multiply what we don't have together. But isn't this true? Look at this, guys. You know that people with unresolved pain tend to gravitate towards people with the same unresolved pain. Let's talk about social media just for a second. Artificial intelligence and algorithms actually lead people to people just like themselves. So if you're happy, it'll put you in a room full of really happy people. You have faith, man, there'll be all sorts of footprints in the sand, stuff that comes your way and scriptures and all that stuff. But if you say one negative thing about any issue, guess what? You begin a journey by algorithm. If you just pause at a negative statement, the computer's going, what, is, what are they doing? What is he doing? What is she doing? What is she interested in? What is he like? Because the, the product is you, right? So the longer they have your attention, the more they can put an ad in there to sell you something. The product is your time. That's what they're selling to advertisers, is you. You are a product. Doesn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy all over, right? But listen, this is what happens. So if you say, I like this or I hate that, this guy's great, this guy's a jerk, this person's a genius, this person's evil, it begins to pocket you in with other people that think the same way, and eventually we arrive in a place where we think everybody thinks what we do. Listen, everybody agrees with me, just go to social media. Everybody's saying the same thing I'm saying, believing the same thing I'm believing, so I must be right because I'm surrounded by a community of people that believe exactly what I believe. Isn't that wonderful? It's the blind leading the blind. And let me tell you something. If you're in a room that has nothing but blind people, you don't even know you're blind. At least these guys knew they were blind. But they got together because of a common pain. They, they gathered together. And I just, I just, like, please hear me and hear my heart. As a pastor trying to help people grow in Christ, here's the deal. When I was wrestling with, with alcohol and drugs, I didn't go to church. Because if you're drunk at church, you kind of feel like a drunk. But if you're drunk at a bar, you kind of feel like normal. And if you'll watch people, maybe, maybe you shouldn't, and maybe this isn't universal, but so many times I've seen this, like, where's Fred been? Where's Barney been? Where's Wilma? Where's Betty? Where's Bam Bam? Where's Pebbles? And you'll find out what's happening is something came in their life that was painful. And, in, and I'm not saying we're healthy, but let's, let's assume that we are. In a healthy environment, sick people feel out of place sometimes. And in a sick environment, sick people feel comfortable, and healthy people don't feel comfortable. That makes sense? So it's important, hear me, that when, when you only have people that agree with you and think like you and talk like you, it's, it's literally, it's, it's the blind leading the blind. It's, 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 a, it's a, a room filled with people that don't challenge anything or anyone. I like what Dina said about being friends with different people that challenge her. How many guys know we need friends that say, ah, that's stupid. And if you believe it, you're stupid. So that's not very nice. Well, then let's all bless each other as we think stupid things. That's stupid, but you're just, I just, you're so precious. I didn't help anybody. You're inside of a burning building, you're asleep, but you know, there's so much chaos in this world. I just would really rather just let you burn. And I'm telling you guys something. We as light and salt must confront darkness and rot. I mean, that, that's what we do, right? I'm not saying walk around like the peace police, walk around like the old lady with the, the tight bun and the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, and, and point your finger. We are not like the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We can be convicted by the Holy Spirit, but we, we don't take on flesh and dwell amongst people as their conviction. But we oftentimes can confirm what they already know is true because the Holy Spirit lives inside of them too. So we say, you know, let me just challenge that. That's stupid. And you go, ah, that's funny. You're not the only voice that said that's stupid to me today. There's another one inside of me. These two were hopeless, guys. I just, they're both 
blind. They, they both have given in to hopelessness. And I, let me tell you something. If, if you've ever been hopeless, it hurts at first, but it's pretty comfortable after a while. And I just, you don't may not get that, but here, if you've ever been hopeless, man, this, man, this marriage, man, this business, man, this nation, man, this neighborhood, man, this city, man, this, you know, I just forget it. Like we, 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 we choose hopelessness because there's no hope that can be disappointed if there's no hope. So hopelessness can be comfortable. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So they were hopeless. There was no choice. But then all of a sudden, they start hearing about this guy named Jesus. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, there's an answer to questions that have never been answered. All of a sudden, there's a solution to problems that have never been solved. All of a sudden, there's power that has never been seen since the days of Elijah. But, but people are being raised from the dead. Demons are coming out. Authority is being invoked. Like, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, these two blind guys, because they were probably in tune to hearing, they hear, hey, here comes that guy. You know, what guy? You know, the Jesus guy. And they go, wait, wait. Also, when they hear that Jesus is coming in their way, hopelessness is turned to hope. Now, hear me. Get this. Get this. Chapter 9, verse 27, two blind, blind men followed him now. He, these walk in there. Like, no, no, come here. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, son of David. He's shouting, and Mark, it says he's shouting. He's obnoxious. Have mercy on us. Like, please. How many of you know there's a difference between, gee, someone should do something about that and the cry of somebody truly in pain? And Jesus goes into a house, and when he goes in there, good stuff starts to happen. Now, think about this for a second. Isaiah, and if you're writing it down, take it. Isaiah 29, 35, 42, and 61 all talk about the coming Messiah. That was too quick to write down. 29, 35, 42, and 61 all talk about the coming Messiah. It's quoted in Luke chapter 4, verse 27, where Jesus, you know, reads the scroll, and here's the scroll of Isaiah, and he goes, you know, he'll, the, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, and the recovery of what? Sight to the blind. And they're starting to put two and two together. So when they're screaming, son of David, they're talking about a prophetic scripture about one who was to come. Now, let me just, please get this. This is a cool moment. These two men who are blind are seeing things that people who can see can't see. They know the scripture. They know they only have one hope. It probably won't happen in my generation. My grandma's grandma's grandma was hoping it would be in her generation. Never came, never happened. And all of a sudden you go, wait, but this guy's doing everything the scripture says the Messiah is going to do. These are the first people since the Magi, since the wise men, since the Christmas story. 30 years prior to this, these are the first people to look at Jesus as a king. And, And just think about this, guys. When there's a presentation and a demonstration of the gospel, the blind are usually the first to see it. When you're an addict and there's no hope, but a pill that makes you more miserable if you take it when you drink than if you don't drink. The mental stuff, the self-medicating, the all that. Listen, if there's actually a cure that comes along, people that are in pain are looking for an actual cure. Jesus was not a convenient religion. He was not a, a new teacher to enlighten them and make their world better. He was not salt on their breakfast. He was the only hope they had. And they screamed out like, like, you're my only hope. Son of David, have mercy on me. They, they didn't know why they were blind. It had never been explained to them. They didn't know how to change. They had no hope that way. They didn't know what to do. All they knew, all they believed in their heart was, if I can get that dude's attention, that guy can do something for me that no one else can do. Let me tell you something about miracles. Step one, have a need greater than anything on this earth can meet. Step two, get desperate enough to believe that there is a solution through Jesus Christ. Step three, son of David, have mercy on me. Find him, follow him, scream towards him, but don't go, well, if, you know, God's so sovereign, if he wants me to see, I guess I'll see. 
You know what, world's so hard and life's so bad, I'm probably being punished for what my daddy did to my mama, you know, 30, 40 years ago. That's probably why I'm blind. He wasn't looking for reasons to accept why he was blind. Once he found out there was hope, he was looking for, he was looking for a way to see. Both of them. We just want a way to see. And when they saw him coming or when they felt him coming, they heard him coming, they began to scream out, right? Look at this, Matthew 28, the next verse. When he'd gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he, Jesus, asked them, here's a weird question, do you believe that I'm able to do this. How many of you guys know demonstration of the gospel, presentation of the gospel? What's he doing? Jesus is not there to heal blind eyes. Jesus is there to raise the dead. And, and that, that solution to the biggest problem, the biggest problem I have is not blindness, by the way. You realize that? The biggest problem you have, if you don't know Jesus, is not the biggest problem you have. Billy Graham was asked one time, you've got this international platform and stadiums are filled to see you and presidents ask for your counsel. And you preach basically the same sermon every time you preach. It's about the forgiveness of sins, Jesus on the cross. And, you know, I mean, with the platform you have, are you sure you're, you're being a good steward of that? Like, like they asked him straight out, is, is sin the biggest problem that faces men today? And he goes, no, sin is not the biggest problem men face today. Sin is the only problem that we face today. And that's why at every chance I get, I will proclaim the mercy of God as expressed through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if we can fix the sin problem, we can fix all the other problems. You want to fix racism? Fix the sin problem. You want to fix deprivation, injustice, medical inequities? You want, you want, to, you want to fix wars and rumors of wars? Guess what the answer to every of those are? It's, it's when we unify around Jesus. When Jesus, like my wife said this morning, when Jesus is our everything, we'll have everything in common with people who have Jesus as their everything. Jesus is the beginning of the solution to every problem we have. Matter of fact, I'll say this. The problems we have are symptoms, but, the, but sin is the sickness. And so we have this, and he... he he was there not just to heal their eyes, right? He was there to heal everything. So this is what the answer is. Do you believe I'm willing, I can do this? They say, yes, Lord. And, and just speaking of the original language for a second, it's pretty cool. They say, nai kurios, yes, Lord. And yes, the, the nai, the, the word nai, you'll never guess what it means. It means, I'm guessing you know what it means. It means, it means yes, yeah. It's very, like, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. And I guess, no, I think then they've met the criteria, the criteria for their eyes to be healed. Yes. Do you believe that I can? Yes, I do. You're, you're son of David, I believe that. But isn't it interesting? They don't stop by saying yes. They say yes, curious. The word, the word Lord, curious, is he to whom a person or thing belongs. This is so important. About which he has power of deciding. The master, the Lord, the owner, the one who has control of the person. Now stay with me for a second. I think this whole thing has been set up for this moment. He's not there to heal their eyes only. He's there to do a lot more than that. Do you believe? And there's that faith thing again. Do you believe? Do you trust? Do you have faith? Is, is there a connection between me and you that's substantial enough to bear the weight of what I'm asking you now? Do you believe that I am capable, that I'm able to do this? I think if they just say yes, their eyes will be healed. But they don't just say yes. They said yes, Lord. In other words, hear me. They weren't there to give their eyes to Jesus. Something happened between their need, their meeting, and their conversation where they're no longer there just to be healed of their blindness. When they said, yes, Lord, they were saying, not only do I want these eyes to be healed, I want them to belong to you. 
Not only do I want my problems to be solved, I want a person with solved problems to belong to you. I, I don't want you just to pay my bills. I want you to be my source. I don't want you just to heal my illness. I, I don't want you just to be my doctor. I want you to be mine. So here's the deal. I'm going to give you everything that I am, and now whatever happens is up to you because I'm not blind anymore. Your servant is. And Jesus healed his servant. Are you guys getting this today? Chapter 9, verse 29. Then he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be done. And their sight was restored. According to your faith. According to your faith. Everybody say, my faith. Come on, Napa, say it. My faith. According to my faith. According to your faith. What's about to happen is not just incumbent upon his ability. It's on your ability to trust his ability. Does that make sense? And this is it. The, the, the leprosy guy. If you're willing, I am willing. Hey, uh, you know, the, the storm, oh, you have little faith. That's why you failed. It was because of lack of something you need. The, the dead girl, hey, man, don't, don't be afraid. Just believe. I'm on my way. This, this demonstration and this, this presentation, demonstration, presentation, back and forth, back and forth that goes, right? Do you believe that I can? I like what Peterson does with this in the message. He goes, he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. How many guys know we are becoming what we're believing about Jesus right now? We're becoming healed or becoming worse off. We're becoming restored, or we're becoming hardened to the message. We're becoming his, or we're becoming farther away. The goal of this demonstration was the presentation of Jesus. And I let piano girl join me if you would, please. I love this picture. So never having seen, completely blind, right? Completely blind, they say, he says, do you believe I'm, I'm able? They say yes. And then he, he takes his hands, and they feel, I don't have to go say, I'm going to touch your eyes now. You're going to feel some pressure. You know like doctors say when they lie to you? You know what it means when a doctor says you're going to feel some pressure? It means hold on to something and try not to cuss. That's, that's what it means, right? I'm going I'm to touch your eye. And he touches their eyes, and he goes, become what you believe. Let's just do this for a second. I, I want you to take that thing that you need God to do, that miracle, that breakthrough, that provision, that forgiveness, that mercy, that brokenness, whatever it is that isn't right, that thing that plagues you, that thing that's hard on you, that thing that's between you and God, I want you to take that thing, and, and I'm, this is not like use your imagination, but imagine this, that if God could just put his hand on that. It might be a physical thing, it might be an emotional thing, it might be a spiritual thing, but you say, Jesus, please put your hand on, on that. I'm not hiding it from you. I'm not keeping it from you. Put your hand on that. In this encounter, put your hand on that. They haven't seen in their entire lives. So you know what it is to see. It'd be like if, if I could read minds and you could, and I said, oh, man, I, I can read everybody's mind, and, and like, you can't. You know what I mean? So everybody can read their minds, but you have to communicate in a different way. Words are kind of insignificant because everybody else can read their mind, and you can't read their minds, so you have to communicate in an old-fashioned way, and it's awkward, and you, you feel like you're lost compared to everybody else, right? You're different. You're other than. Jesus puts his hands on their eyes, just like I believe Jesus wants to put his hands on your life. And he says, become what you believe about me. Become what you know me to be. Become what I am. And he, and he takes his hands off. Now understand, he's right in front of them, right? They have to be right here. They're not like across the room. So when he takes his hands off, their eyes are closed because, you know, someone's touching your eyes, you close your eyes. I mean, I guess hate the puff test for glaucoma. Like, oh, that was great. I paid you money to torture me. That's wonderful, right? He takes his hand. They open their eyes and who is standing right in front of them? Come on. This is what I need you to know. Let Jesus touch that broken, hard, twisted, addicted, messed up, sinful, distant thing. 
And what you'll recognize is as soon as, as soon as that encounter has taken place, what you will see is not how blue the sky is and how the trees are green. When, when his hands come off your eyes, he says, he says, become what you believe, and you open your eyes, and all you can see is Jesus. That's a good day. I've had people say to me, you know, I'm, I'm an addict. I used to be an addict. How'd you overcome addiction? I'm not saying this has to be your way. Some people, it's 12 steps, and some people, it's 10 years, and some people have to white-knuckle it the rest of their life. Um, different issues in my life with lust or fear or anger or whatever, right? I mean, it isn't like everything went away. I've met Jesus, and I joined a life group, and everything's perfect now. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? I still need people to speak in my life. I'm still wrestling with stuff. Just I still have a flesh. It's going to die one day. It'll be resurrected to look like Jesus' resurrected body, and I don't have to worry about my flesh anymore, right? But in the meantime, I'm fighting a war with my enemy, which is me. There wasn't any man, but I hope you know what I'm talking about. But, but in, in that moment, man, like, how did I get free? I, I don't know. I know that I gave my life to Jesus, and what I was looking for at the bottom of every bottle I ever drank, I found when my eyes opened and I could see his face. He was more satisfying. He was more of a solution. He was, he was more of a reward than anything I ever got from a party, from a bar, from a girl, from a magazine, from, from power. From, like when I met Jesus, the appetite for the things of the world were overcome by the satisfaction of a superior pleasure. And I'm here to tell you guys this today. These guys were hopeless until they heard about Jesus. And I'm here today to tell you about Jesus. I'm here to tell you about Jesus. That's, that's what I do all day. That's what I do. That's like my job is to, to show you a, a, the, the gospel, the demonstrate, uh, demonstration and then a presentation, a demonstration and then a presentation. And I'm here to tell you, if you're here and you have a need in your life that's bigger than you, bigger than the doctor, bigger than the banker, bigger than the lawyer, bigger than the counselor, like you have one hope left, that hope has hands and that hope has a face and that hope can touch you right where you hurt right where you're weak, right where you're broken, right where you're miserable, right where you fall, over and over and over again. He can touch you right there. And when you open your eyes from that encounter, what you will see is the face of your deliverer, your healer, and your savior. I said at the beginning, but you are what you need. But you become what you believe. You are what you need. I am a mammal. I need to breathe had COVID last week. I really like breathing now. It's very important to me. Um, when, when you're sitting at home and you feel miserable and then you eat something and you feel better, how many of you guys know you, you need to eat? And Dina made soup. I need to eat soup because I can smell it, right? I, I have certain physical, I am. What I need tells you who I am. But what you may not see by seeing what I, what I am because of what I need is what I'm becoming. As we look to 2022, you guys can hear me. It's a new day. Yeah, I know, but I prayed about this. No, no, it's a new day. I know what the doctor said. I know it's a new day. And if you think you're going through it, let me tell you something, guys. We're, we're spending time with people that are really, I mean, for three years have had a cancer diagnosis and said, for, you know, you'll, you'll live for three years. And I'm telling you, as, as much as we prayed for three years, as much as we believed for three years, as much as we sought medical treatment for three years, I, what I keep hearing the, the Lord say to me when I'm thinking about what am I going to say, what am I going to do, I just keep hearing the Holy Spirit say, yeah, that was yesterday, but today's a new day. But it's been so disappointing. We've had heroes die in the life. I know, but it's a new day. But I, I've tried that. We've had programs like this before, and they failed. I mean, I'm trying to grow this church. I, I know, but it's a new day. I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying things aren't impossible anymore. But I tried. It doesn't matter what you tried. But I did. It doesn't matter what you did. But I've been to. It doesn't matter what you've been to. What matters is what do you believe? 
So if Jesus were to come to you today and say, do you believe that I am able to do this? It's the answer today that matters, not the answer a year ago that matters. And maybe it's just the healing of a broken heart that was disappointed by an unanswered prayer. Do you believe that he's able to comfort you or you grieve? Would you just pray with me all over this room right now? Close your eyes. Father, I pray. I pray over those that are listening on the radio. I pray over those that are listening on the internet. I pray over those that are in Mississippi and England and uh, New York and Florida. I pray for those that, that will hear this message, see it as a hologram 100 years from now. I have no idea. I pray for those who hear your word that they would hear your voice. Hearing your voice is one step away from feeling your touch, and feeling your touch is one, way, one step away from believing the one who speaks and touches. The Holy Spirit, I can tell a story, but I can't change a life. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. If you're here today and you're like, you know what, man, I, I, uh, what I need is Jesus. You're watching this on a video screen right now. You're listening to it driving down the street. You're in this room. What I need right now, what I need right now is Jesus. I, I need the Son of David to have mercy on me. I need that. It might be for forgiveness and to be born again. It might be for the healing of your eyes. It might be a variety of things. But I, you recognize that, that there's your one touch, one voice, one encounter away from being free, from being whole, from being healed, from being his. Don't give me your problems, please. Hear me, hear me. Does he want your problems? Yes. Is he a solution to your problems? Yes. But we're not here to give him our problems. We're here to call him Lord. So everything that belongs to you is your responsibility, including my eyes, what the blind man would say. Everything that I am, belong, when you're my Lord, it belongs to you, the person who's stuck in, in addiction would say. If I give you all of me, then all of me is now yours. It lives under a different paradigm. It lives under a different set of rules than everything else. Father, right now I pray for those. Holy Spirit, I ask you to encounter, to embrace, to speak to those that need to be touched by the Master today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're like, Jim, I need this. It might be weird. You're listening, going down the road. You're, you're listening in your home right now. You're listening in Idaho in an auditorium filled with people. Like, it, this might seem weird, but I, trust me, what God is doing in this room, God is doing everywhere that God is doing stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right now, the Holy Spirit's encountering, and you're like, Jim, I need this. I, I'm asking him today, Son of David, have mercy on me. Touch me in the place that needs your touch. Meet me in the place that needs your presence. I need you, Jesus. I believe that you are able to make this a brand new day. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over this room right now. Come on. Before the Lord. Here's my, here's my hand, God. Here's my heart, God. Here's my faith. I trust you and I believe in you. The doctors, the lawyers, the, the, the politicians, everybody's going to be talking. Everybody has an opinion. But I haven't put my life in their hands. I put my life in your hands. You are not just going to hear my yes to your ability. Yes, I believe you're, you're capable. You're able. I'm not going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, Lord. Come on, let me hear you pray this morning, church. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Not just yes, take my problems so I can go back to my life. Yes, and I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Everything I am now belongs to you. So you fix your servant, God, and you heal your servant, and you put right that which is wrong in the life of your servant because I belong to you. We belong to you. We are yours. We are yours. We are yours. Here we are. (laughs) Man, do we have needs. So grateful that right now the withdrawal from heaven is not bankrupting it. An infinite God will always have more for whoever asks for more. Holy Spirit, fill us. Where things have come out, fill the void. Where things have been broken, God, now energize that which is whole. Whatever we live for the world, we now live ten times for you, God. The pleasures that were inferior, now replace them with the superior pleasures of a superior one. Here we are. We belong to you. We belong to you. We belong to you. We are yours. In Jesus' name. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I just would say this as we go today. I, I don't want this to be an inspirational talk from which you can just walk away from. I really believe this is going to be a new day. There has to be a new understanding. And, and, and you don't punish yourself when you, when you fail. You just stand right back up again and continue your journey. That makes sense? Learning how to walk has a lot of falling in it. It's just the way it is. Learning how to dance, you step on a lot of toes. Learning how to shoot, you know, you, you miss a lot of stuff and waste a lot of ammunition. It's just the way it is. We're going to grow in this grace of being with him. We're going to grow in it. And so I want you to have as much mercy on yourself as God has on you. And I want you to have as much hope in yourself as God has in you. Believing in God is almost universal. Even the devil believes in God. But believing in a father that believes in you is truly a rare thing. But you have a father and he cares about you and he is with you in this fight he is with you in this battle he is with you in this moment and he will never leave you he will never forsake you he will never cast you aside or leave you lacking he is with you in your pain he is with you in your mourning he is with you in your joy he is with you when your when your team gets beat in every basketball game for the whole season and he's there when you win the championship he is there he is there he is there God is with you Emmanuel God is with you you and he'll never change his mind about you so father i pray let us leave this place not having had a moment but having had a beginning that has no end help us walk from this place with a conscious knowledge of your presence help us to leave this place never alone again for the rest of our lives god but with you with you with you with you you with us and we with you we pray as you take your hands off our eyes all we want to see is you just take our hands off our broken hearts. All we want to feel is you. Just take your hands off our broken places, God. All we want to know is you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let us walk in that holiness, that wholeness that comes from being yours. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Stand your feet all over this room. Napa, God bless you. We'll see you soon. Mississippi, try to stay warm. Hers in the 70s down there today. It's awful. Alligators are putting on sweaters. Go in the favor and blessing of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I bless you. Get out of here. Go share it.